Hello and welcome to another installment of Casual Trekker. This is Scott. If suddenly you hear a very loud noise and a lot of noise, that's me falling on ice. It is snowy and very icy where I'm walking at this current moment. But that being said, this is a review of Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 19, Supernova Part 1. And wow, what a doozy. Like, one would have thought the simple way out of the equation would have been to, for Janeway to bust out really fast and then run to the bridge and the fleet-wide message to every starship to do something other than come help. And we would have had this resolved and we've had two episodes of just them coming together or whatever else. No heavy lifting. But that is not what happened here. This is a major event in Starfleet history going forward. This is like if the events of Discovery with Control actually went through and, and worked. It's exactly what it is. And it's crazy to see. Like, you're seeing all these different ships with the things turning red like a, like a Texas class, and then just shooting at each other, trying to blow each other out of the water. And then you have Universal Translator being turned off, so Gwen has to go and talk to other alien species, which I suspect could be how in this new timeline we get introduced to the Diviners um, species because they're sending out a general hail to all non-federation people so if the other people are picking up this hail transmit the hail out also then the diviner species could actually be one of the species that comes to the aid and are able to dis, dis, dis uh, disconnect the um, living construct now, no, it most likely wouldn't be John Noble Younger. It would probably be his parents and him as a kid. Kind of like what we saw with Seven of Nine and her parents when they were studying the Borg when she was a kid and she was assimilated. It would be kind of like that. So we would know that he would have had a different interaction with the, 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 the Federation instead of the one that we saw. Then, to build on that, I suspect that Chakotay also went back in time by stealing one of the Rev machines, like I said in my previous podcast, and he's going to arrive in the next episode, or will be teased as arriving at the finale of the next epi- of the next episode. But I like that there was no easy fix. I like that they had to go through the steps. I like the battle that the kids had with the Diviner and the Vindicator and Dreadnought. I thought that was all really cool, them coming together, working together, not giving up, all getting defeated. And then still, while being, you know, defeated, they're like, let's try that again. And then Dahl got the revelation that he was an augment and he was not able to join the Fed, wasn't able to join Starfleet. And he still was putting the lives of his, his team, his crew, his family, above his own. Say, well, I'll make sure you guys do. I thought that was really big of them. 
and that whole thing where he misinterpreted a moment with Gwen that I, I think we've all been there where we're like oh whoops you meant this instead my bad should the kiss have happened in the current climate in which we live probably not there's other ways you could have done it but everyone I think can understand misinterpreting uh, events and doing something foolish on on accident it just happens to be this but now that shows Gwen that he does have feelings for her so maybe as season two progresses or maybe even the final closing moments of um oh the final closing moments of the final episode of the season maybe she'll start to go oh i do have feelings for him because it's been teased the entire first uh, season so far so this is not definitely not this is not a uh, seven of nine and jacote romance this is a this is a thing that would uh make sense with what we've seen so far in the uh series but then janeway is able to get out of the her confines because of a person that she helped in one of my favorite episodes of uh voyager where the dude comes on board he pretends to be uh released and then she doesn't she doesn't trust him and then at the end uh she turns on she turns on him and then he looks like he has cake on his face but one of the people from that was the person guarding her in the break. So she's able to get away. Not as quickly as what would have probably been preferred, but she's able to. And we got to see Jellico again. And not just for like a visual, he had some lines. So I thought that was pretty cool. So he's probably gonna be in it again. I'm curious to how they're gonna wrap this up because at the end, they uh, had more ships coming in to help but then we also had the romulans and the klingons and some uh Ferengi and some other ships so that's why i'm thinking maybe the diviners species is gonna be coming with this hail in the next episode or we're gonna see chakotay arrive and know how to turn off the construct because he was watching it being done because if chakotay is there that means that we don't have to worry about a future altering around him or changing or him being lost to time because whereas the diviner, he still is, is going to be born and alive. Chakotay, he left in our current timeline to be lost in the future. So I think once he's lost, he would be lost. So him taking a rev uh, by, by uh, killing or somehow subduing the person that was supposed to go back in time and following them back, he could just arrive in 2383 whereas the other two arrived in 2366-ish and 2380s so overall episode was great got right got right to the point the starship stuff was great the maneuvers those were just fantastic we were like they knew what they were doing they wanted us to see side profiles they wanted us to get get close to the ships so they, they wanted to give us our our ship horn which they did really well so all in all, I say it was really good. It definitely has the stakes way up there. And if you're interested to see how they resolve this in 24 minutes. Well, it's gonna be a little longer this time because it'd be in the actual season finale of season one. Cause this episode was 24 minutes. So maybe they'll make next episode be 26 or 28. 
and like lower decks this show has shown that they could put a lot in that short runtime if they uh, truly want to and I can't wait to see what happens I can't wait to see what re what reveals we see if we might see some legacy um, people in the next episode like just on a bras of hails we see a maybe a Captain Kim or if we see a Tuvok or you know any one of the people that we know historically just on a quick little hail from ship to ship kind of like in uh, TNG when they had all those enterprises and they were answering hails from each one kind of like that doesn't have to be long just a short little thing just to establish hey that person's there and he's doing this so I think that'd be kind of I think that would be kind of cool so to wrap up this podcast I think that this episode is going to be right up there with one of my favorites just because we actually got to see some stakes being raised and we got to see uh, completion of story arc we got to see shift in character from how the diviner was treating Gwen back uh, back a few episodes ago till now where he tried to save her albeit failing but still saved her well, by uh, sacrificing himself and gave her that knowing that her father did love her so I think there's a lot of stuff that happened good in a lot of stuff that happened good I think a lot of the bad stuff and the critiques are going to be small and not really way down because it's a really rewatchable show. I think the only thing I have issue with is that uh, the ships weren't responding to seeing the fight happening on the ship because we've already established that you can see them through their uh, window. You could also probably detect phaser fire maybe, but you got to have a story happen and you can't always resolve everything with with them going, hey, we see a fight, are you good? Can you take away from the story? So I understand what they were doing with it. It just seemed a little, are they not monitoring or not paying attention? It was a little question I had when I was watching the episode. It didn't take me out of it, really. It didn't, it didn't make me go, hmm, I'm gonna have to go turn on something else. It was a, it was a fun, it was a fun little thing that you were able to go, will they or won't they? Ultimately, they don't, but it's a, it's, a, it's a show that's trying to give us a cool story, which they did. So, the Starship maneuvers, seeing Jellico, seeing the callback to Voyager, seeing um, Dal and his crew coming together and really uh, trying to work together to defeat the three and save the Federation, watching Gwen unite everybody because she could be a universal translator. All that stuff kind of won over the smaller critiques of the episode. It's when it doesn't do that that it kind of blows it out of the water. Like, if you can talk a lot of, well, this and this and this and this and this and this and this happened, and you're like, okay, cool. But when you're like, well, this happened, we don't really, I can't understand it, but then this little thing happened, that is more bigger than that event. Since there's so much good happening here, it far outweighs that little negativity and then it really just puts an asterisk next to us where we understand that they had a story to tell and that happens in all of Trek. The suspension of disbelief happens in every single episode and every single series of Star Trek. The movies are no, are, are, are no different. So if I give a pass for previous incarnations of Star Trek in the movies, I also got to give a pass for Prodigy well done episode can't wait for the actual 
the finale to see what they do. And that will conclude this podcast. Hello and welcome to this additional part of my review for Season 1, Episode 19, Supernova Part 1. I forgot to mention um, The Vindicator escaping with Dreadnought and breaking through the hull of the protostar and it having to seal itself up and then uh, being able to escape to allow her to be the villain of season two that they gotta track down because now with John Noble's character deceased his future self we still are more than able to have a future uh, diviner come into play and that could be why what he's doing because there could be a there could be a, f- a future diviner guy who's coming back to save the federation in this new timeline because now they've changed all this stuff with what's happening with the federation right now you could argue that it's going to change their future going forward so now a different version of the, of the diviner could be making contact with them in the past to save them so either Chakotay is going to turn it off um, or uh, the diviner's ancestors ancestors are going to respond to the hail and they're going to turn it off or the diviner is going to know this from his historical database and he's going to come back and turn off the um the thing because his records will show when it showed up into federation space not necessarily beforehand so he'd be able to arrive here from the future and turn it off and then find out that Things happen differently, and a different version of him did all this crazy stuff. That would just be a weird, timey-wimey thing. Are they going to do that? Mm, I don't think so. But they could. Along with the, the Chakotay thing, taking the Rev the, 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 the rev into the same time displacement that they did. They just arrive at different points in time, similar to what I was saying in the previous podcast, like 2009, when Nero and Spock both went back, but one arrived earlier and one arrived later for them it was just moments but for them but for everyone in the regular flow of time it was like 25 years so yes i just wanted to add that in before i forgot and i did so here it is but thank you for listening to this podcast again like i said moments ago in the main podcast i can't wait to see what they do with supernova part two and how they wrap up all this season